0: This is Dustin Hawkinsmith from Penn Live. I've got your Penn State talking points for Thursday, July seventh. Looking around the internet uh, for the latest in the Penn State football program. Starting first and foremost at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, progress on the offensive line—it's a big talking point uh, going into the 2022 season, especially the way the 2021 ended. It's really been a talking point since James Franklin arrived at Penn State in 2014. Last season did not go as planned when you talk about elite bookends in Rashid Walker and Caden Wallace, neither of which had a season you would hope for or wanted from those two spots. Struggled at most of those spots across the line. Three starters are gone from that group, and you've got some youth starting to show up, namely in two big names Olu Fashanu, the likely starter at left tackle, Landon Tangwall, a redshirt freshman who was penciled in going into the spring as a projected starter at left guard, though there will be competition with five different guys for those two spots at guard, left guard and right guard. The big question is, can this be addition by subtraction in 2022 where they're able to upgrade despite losing some key guys? rashid Walker, uh, Mike Miranda, and Eric Wilson, who was a starter at left guard. You've got Landon Tengwall, Sal Wormley, who was projected as a starter at right guard prior to last season before he was hurt. Hunter Norzag comes from Cornell. You've also got J.B. Nelson coming in from Lackawanna College. Um And Golden Israel Achumba was the fifth one that James Franklin had mentioned a few weeks ago. There's a big emphasis on the run game as well. That story will not go away Uh, because of the offensive line, because of the fact that they did not have a 100-yard rusher last season. Penn State also led the Big Ten in sacks allowed, not in a good way. Uh, You've got recruiting is starting to show as they go through this process. There can be some confidence that can be gleaned by being able to be more dominant in the run game. But you've also got 15 scholarship players along the offensive line, which is one of the bigger numbers of Franklin's time. Nine of them are former blue chip prospects, meaning at least four stars. That includes the entire projected starting lineup. Olu Fushano, Landon Tangwall, Juice Scruggs at center, Sal Wormley at right guard, and then Caden Wallace at right tackle. All those guys have um, strong pedigrees from their recruiting backgrounds, and um, we'll see how that works for them in terms of actual production. Uh, Phil Trout, Wine Penn State's offensive line coach, is a man under a microscope this year just because of the way last season went. But the idea could be you've got a little bit more talent. You've got guys who have, been, who have spent a majority of their careers um, under his watch, being trained by him, his techniques, his language. So there is a possibility here of uh, answering that addition by subtraction pe- question with a positive because of the talent and because of the fact that um, these guys have spent more time with Phil Troutwine can maybe better adapt to his coaching. Speaking of progress on the offensive line, this is where DK Pittsburgh Sports, Corey Geiger, wrote um, a story this week about um, the idea of being more confident in the line. He spoke to Landon Tangwall, who's a redshirt freshman. Uh, he spoke to him at Lift for Life last week. Uh, it's a position that coach Phil Troutwine is doing a great job, according to Tangwall. Uh, Penn State now has largely players who have learned mostly under him, which offers a bit of hope for a turnaround in 2022. Landon Tangwall will likely be a big part of that. He is fighting for a starting job as uh, training camp is just around the corner in August. He started his career. He arrived as a tackle. He's listed at 6'6", about 325 pounds. So his his frame and his skill set and his strength really lends itself to a majority of the positions on the offensive line. So he, he showed some promise in brief action as a tackle last season. He played in four games. He preserved his red shirt. And then going into the Outback Bowl, he started a transition to guard and learning a little bit more uh, from that position's point of view. He spoke to the the differences earlier uh, this offseason, talking about uh, how close proximity plays a difference. Uh, power, strength, everybody that he sees is now about as strong as he is, about as talented as he is. So it comes down to the little things. He's not in high school anymore. He came to that realization, obviously, where he can't just throw guys around. So now he's in tighter proximity. There's some help when it comes to the run game. There's not space to overcome. There's not space for edge rushers to get a running start or to put spin moves on you. But the action comes fast and furious from guys who are three, all 300-plus pounds. Uh, Landon Tangwall. there's a lot of a hope in him in this offensive line because if he is as advertised as early as this season, it can go a long way towards bringing up some stability to this group and being able to take this group into the future and be an anchor for a few more years to come. Olu Fachano is in a similar position at left tackle. He showed a little something replacing Rashid Walker in the Outback Bowl, and now he looks like the projected starter there. Still some things to iron out, obviously. Caden Wallace, you hope for a big return to top form for him uh, going into 2022. A lot of different balls in the air in this one, but Landon Tengwall is a big one here. If he can dominate at guard, there's a much better chance that this Penn State offensive line is also dominant this fall. And let our confidence become yours. There's been more this week on the Big Ten. It's moved to add USC and UCLA, which is still a bit of a surprise to many. Uh, And what could come next across college football? So there's reporting here and there, bits and pieces, a lot of eyeballs on the Pacific 12 after that defection of USC and UCLA. Oregon and Washington are two big names to know. There's rumors swirling right now about some kind of mashup between the Big 12, the Pac-12, and or the ACC. A lot of people seem to believe that those three leagues will look significantly different in the future. Uh, The Pac-12 in a position now where they've lost two of their cornerstone members and trying to figure out what to do, where to go. Simply adding two other options uh, might not be the best idea. To And when I say two other options, I mean group of five type options to get a promotion to the Pac-12, which is where the Big 12 comes in. They've been picked at as well. They're losing Oklahoma and Texas. The ACC has been intact, but there, there's also, as you look at what the Big 10 and the SEC are, are doing with the way that they're expanding – The ACC probably can't stand pat and compete with those two leagues. There's also competition here for television revenue and and rights agreements going into the future, trying to present as much valuable as possible to ESPN, CBS, Fox, Big Ten Network, all those different networks. Uh, The latest uh, out there when it comes to Oregon is that they are one of the more coveted expansion targets out there. Uh, The options really are to stick in the Pac-12 and try to lead that conference into the future, defect someplace else. And if they do defect someplace else, Nike founder and significant Oregon booster Phil Knight stumped for the Big Ten or the SEC as the best fit for them. That's according to Pac-12 insider John Canzano. The Big Ten might still be doing some work in the West. Oregon would make sense in that regard. Same with Washington, Washington. You've got a couple in those two schools. You've got a couple of the most valuable athletic departments in the country. Uh, Big Ten's currently sitting at 16 schools. So whether they get aggressive with the West or whether they try to wait out Notre Dame, who is holding on to its. Independent status, that's really what it comes down to. It might be an either or situation for the Big Ten. If they don't strike quickly with Oregon and Washington, they would have to be putting a lot of eggs in the basket of Notre Dame, which would be arguably the most coveted expansion target in all of college football. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of moving parts here, a lot of negotiations and conversations being had between the Pac-12, Big 12, and ACC, trying to get the most strategic partnerships they can to move forward and remain competitive, uh, not just in the college football landscape, and perhaps more importantly, as far as these things go, for television dollars. Last but not least, we've got another name to watch in the defensive tackle rotation, Jordan Vandenberg has been impressive in small doses. He uh, is a bit of a forgotten man on the interior of Penn State's defensive line. Uh, Spencer Ripchick from the Daily Collegian wrote about his progress at Penn State, also wrote about his unique backstory going from South Africa to Georgia, picking up football when he arrived in the United States, uh, was a rugby player um, when he was in South Africa still relatively new to the sport but he's got he had gotten the attention of big colleges during the recruiting process found football when he was uh, in high school he started his career collegiately at Iowa Western Community College which is where Penn State found him he's a redshirt freshman now he's a high motor guy so 6'3", 295 pounds, a lot of effort from him, and I think that could help him stand out in Penn State's defensive tackle rotation. They've got all different types of ingredients in there, including P.J. Mustafer, the senior leader back after injuring uh, his knee last season. You've also got uh, Keziah Izard, Devon Ellis, Hakeem Beeman, um, Fatorma Malba, uh, and, and some other options there, but... Jordan Vandenberg has a chance to stand out. Uh, forced a fumble against Maryland last season. He had five tackles and a tackle for loss. As his role increased in the Outback Bowl, they were without P.J. Mustafer because of injury, and Derek Tangelo opted out. So Vandenberg got a little brief audition, and he did pretty well with it. So I think there could be some room here to move up the depth chart, whether that's in training camp or after the season begins or if somebody has an injury. Uh, Jordan Vandenberg-, Vandenberg looks like a guy, even as a redshirt freshman, who you might be able to count on, and never mind the unique story that's pretty fascinating in its own right. Check that out at the Daily Collegian from Spencer Ripchick. Interesting name to follow in Penn State's defensive tackle rotation. Thanks for tuning into this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. As always, be sure to follow along the Daily Penn State podcast from Penn Live. Those are anywhere where you download podcasts. Everything else we do is available at PennLive.com/slash/PennStateFootball, and we'll see you next time here on the Blue White Breakdown.